Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Mic check live. The Love Guru episode is happening Sunday, the 21st of May at 3 p.m. at the Chippo Hotel. Tickets are only $10 and they are selling quite well right now. You don't want to miss out, do you? I don't want to miss out. Do I get a ticket on the door? Yeah, you, you're written on the door, Cameron. Phew! <laughs> We've got amazing guests on. Three very special guests. We'll announce one of them at the end of this episode. So make sure you don't stop listening to this podcast. Go all the way to the end or you will miss out on some key information. This is a radio technique that I picked up. It's called seeding. <laughs> And I want to seed into all of you when we get to the live yeah, show. Yeah, we're guys. so excited to meeting all of you guys. <laughs> Sorry. You don't know how to talk. I don't know how to talk anymore, but we really do look forward to meeting all of you. Yeah. Uh, you've been sending us messages about how excited you are for the live show, and we are even more excited than you guys. Yeah, so shut up about it for five <laughs> seconds and give us a chance to be excited. We're pumped. Come on down to the Chippo Hotel on the 21st of May. Yes, there will still be some tickets available at the door, mm-hmm. regardless of if it's sold out or not. So, at come on point, down. At this point, it looks like it will. So, yeah. jump in. Jump in quick and get them tickies, babies. And just once again, we've said it before, we've said it <laughs> a thousand times, we are not screening the love guru there. We're not there. screening the love guru. We're just We're talking, just talking, about, talking it, about it. Okay, so watch it on your own freaking time. Yeah, well, <laughs> honestly, it was too big of a deal. for. We did think about doing it, yeah. but it was too big of a deal for us to watch it with people because I thought I would be more watched than the movie <laughs> and it freaked me out but I have seen it twice now and I promise I will see it at least one more time before we do the episode I'm excited so if you go on to tinyurl.com slash live and pick up tickets they're only 10 bucks 21st of May Sunday 3pm Chippo Hotel 10 bucks Love Guru is what we're discussing <laughs> see you there babies it's my check, it's my check, the podcast that Mike buys. Hello, horny babies, and welcome to Mike Check. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and with me, as always, is Cameron James. And I will declare something right now. We may only be in May, but Shrektember and Shocktober come a little bit earlier this year. Because we will be discussing the horror-themed Halloween special Scared Shrekless this week on the podcast. Very spooky ookie dookie, my little mookie. I'm freaking out. I haven't watched a scary movie since... Scary Movie 1. Scary Movie 1, which is still the scariest movie I've ever seen. Well, I actually believe Scary Movie 2 is more of a scary movie than Scary Movie 1 because it takes it to the nth degree. Yeah, it's got that David Cross with that creepy little hand. That freaks me. Does he have the creepy hand or is it Chris Elliott that's a creepy hand? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think David Cross is wheelchair bound. David Cross is wheelchair boy. Chris Elliott is creepy little hand boy. And even though David Cross is in a wheelchair don't diss his ability because he can still perform autofellatio upon his own <laughs> cock regardless of his abilities very appropriate and funny yeah really funny really funny stuff really scary but this movie ain't no Wayans Bros movie no this movie is a let's Myers take away joint. from Wayans world and into the world of Mike Myers okay now that's really funny Thanks, man. That makes me think maybe we should do a podcast called Wayans World, <laughs> where we go through every single Wayans Bros movie and, and Wayans and Sons contrast. movie, Wayans Fathers movie, all the Wayans. <laughs> going all the Wayans. All the Wayans home. Oh, uh, I really like this idea. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we can do Wayne World, where we talk about <laughs> the Wayans Brothers movies. <laughs> Today we're talking about white chicks. It's funny, it's sexy, and boy, I will admit it's not cool. 
<laughs> Actually one of the lamest movies in the Wayne's Brothers franchise. Join us next week when we discuss Little Man, which is about a little man who has a big heart. And a big schlong, I'm pretty <laughs> we sure. Just I assume. Think, based on the trailer. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, this week we will be discussing Episode 1 of Shrek Swamp Stories, which happens to be Scared Shrekless, the Halloween special. It's uh, it's a very frightening tale. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's probably... Look, I just think we should dive right into it. Do, I wonder if there's even a trailer for this movie. We'll put something up, I'm All right, sure. we'll put something up. It might just be um, us doing impressions of Shrek. But either way, let's, let's dig right into Scared Shrekless. Admit it, Shrek. Weren't you even a little bit scared? Donkey, ogres don't get scared. We do the scaring. And that's why we're the kings of Halloween. Yeah, I bet we could find something that would scare the pants off of you. Which would scare me. Oh, really? And what do you have in mind? All of us telling scary stories all night long. There ain't no way you won't be scared. Yeah. Stories to make your blood run cold. Yeah. Stories to terrify you. Yeah. And whoever shall last through the night shall be named the king of Halloween. I accept. We doubly accept. Scared Shrekless is a 21-minute Halloween television special set shortly after the events of Shrek Forever After. The short makes the first time... What the hell? What? I didn't know this before. What? The The short marks the first time Eddie Murphy does not reprise his role as Donkey. What? And is replaced by Dean Edwards. What? You're yes. telling me that wasn't Donkey? I mean, that wasn't Eddie? That's not Eddie. That's not Ed? That's not Ed. Ed's dead? Ed is not in it. Oh, my... That oh, was a, my I, God. I, I didn't I, mean to begin it with a twist. That is an absolute twist. I'm shocked. I'm Thank. scared Shrekless. Oh, my God. Thank God we weren't doing an episode of Murphy's Floor. We would have been bloody floor doing it. <laughs> I can't believe that that is... Legit. Well, I didn't even notice. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you please look up what Dean Edwards looks like? I need to know this man. Because we race. we've watched this whole thing and had absolutely no idea. Dean Edwards. Okay. Person of okay. color. Okay. American stand-up comedian, actor, singer, writer, musician, and voice artist. He played Spike Lee in Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, that is absolutely insane. Okay, pretty good wow. impression, I would say. It, flawless. A flawless impression. It's a flawless Eddie. Wow. That's... Well, I've got to give it up to Dean Edwards. <laughs> Guys, sorry to be breaking news here, but Eddie Murphy did not do Donkey in Scared Shrekless, in... and we had no fucking idea. There was a different Eddie, Dean Eddie. <laughs> Anyway, let's get so let's get back into Scared Shrekless wow. here because this is the Mike Myers podcast, not the Eddie Murphy podcast. Halloween is Shrek's favorite holiday, and this year he's planning a night of frights, <laughs> all done ogre style. Instead of the <laughs> usual tricks or treats, Shrek challenges Donkey, Puss in Boots, and the other fairy tale characters to spend the night in Lord Farquaad's abandoned castle of Duloc while telling scary stories. The last one to be scared, Shrekless, wins and is crowned king of Halloween. I have two questions about that synopsis. Yeah. First question... What is ogre style? And well, I want I'd you to be say completely it's, candid with it's me. It's totally ogre the top. <laughs> it's it's celebrating the mirth and magic and spooky ookiness of your favorite holiday, which happens to fall on All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. <laughs> And uh, my next question is, how do you determine when someone has been scared Shrekless? I think it is when they are so frightened, they have caught the heebie-jeebies so bad (laughs) that they have to leave the room from where Shrek is currently present. Because they are scared, then they become Shrekless. Because they are no longer with Shrek. Now, this is the first film in the shrek verse that mm-hmm. puns on the word shit. Oh, it does. <laughs> what about Shrek the Turd? I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's our unofficial title. Okay. 
<laughs> but this is the only one that is just acknowledged that the word Shrek is similar yeah. to the word shit. Hey guys, what do we take a Shrek today? <laughs> <laughs> Scared Shrekless. We learn a lot from this one. Um, can I can I just put it out there straight away? Yeah, let's. We got to acknowledge this straight away. I loved it. I adored this. Yeah, this is the not just one of the best Shrek things we've done. One of the best things we've done on this Mike Myers theme podcast yep. since Austin Powers' yep. Spy Who Shagged I me. think uh, I d- did not expect... I did not extract. I did not ex- <laughs> <laughs> If you told me all those many moons ago that one day I would be watching a Shrek spin-off short yeah. and it would be my favourite one... In the Shrekiverse, and it would be six or so bits of Shrek content in. I would have thought you were you, mad as a hatter. You'd got to be freaking kidding me! I'd and go, you, excuse me, but then here we are, low those many moons later, oh, and this is goodness. not only my favourite bit of Shrek content; it's up there with my favourite bit of Mike content. It's fantastic. I absolutely adored this. It is in a tone and a genre that I absolutely find captivating now because you're a big tim burton guy i love tim burton (laughs) oh my god what's your favorite bit of tim burton content well i can start by telling you my favorite drink absolutely beetlejuice yeah (laughs) and i shan't repeat it once or twice more upon this podcast okay we'll see no i shall not and i'm not planting seeds Uh, I also, you know, you know, Tim Burton. It's it sings in the same kind of tone as that. But I'm talking about horror comedy in general, and not just horror comedy. But I love kids horror. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's really hard to do to kind of be frightening, but also appropriate for children. You like that? Not to scare them shitless, to scare them Shrekless (laughs) though. Like Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, I think, is one of the great things of all time. Round the Twist, the Australian TV show Round the Twist as well, is a great example of I think great kids horror and there was a Disney show called So Weird it really gave me the spookadukos when I was a young man of the age of eight <laughs> with a full chest hair that's why I called myself a young man when I was eight years old you had a job as well yeah I had a job yes yeah. I had to look after my family yeah of three little ogre triplets <laughs> hey speaking of those little ogre triplets this is the first time that i'm aware of that we've learnt the names of mm. shrek's kids now we speculated on those names when we watched shrek the halls yep we thought that their those names were um <laughs> shrek shred easton ellis yes shrek and Shrek-ed. i think shred yeah <laughs> yeah it turns out not so in fact there's nary a sh between them mm. <laughs> Can I? I got a whole bag of sh- just for you. <laughs> the names of Shrek's kids are Farkle, mm-hmm. Fergus, and Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that. That's all I got to say. It's not. It's not great names. <laughs> no, because I guess they're named after Fiona. Yeah. Okay. So they get the F from Fiona. I guess it's because. Shrek did get to have the last words of Fiona's father. Mm-hmm. Is his name Fergus? Um, no, his name oh, I just didn't just call him King. King Toadman. Yeah, and so maybe he was like, "Well, sorry, I snatched that moment away from you." Here, name all our fucking kids now. <laughs> I'll give you that. And she chose Felicia, which I guess is um. She's a big, big cube boy. <laughs> she loves the cube, ice cube. She loves Friday. So would it be great if they were called so Felicia, Farkle, and Friday? <laughs> <laughs> so it is canon that Fiona is a is an ice cube fan. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's exciting. So, she's named Felicia after the Friday franchise. Mm. Uh, Fergus. Don't know where that name came from, but yeah. I guess it sort of sounds in line Turd with Turd Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> Does it come from Turd Ferguson? Farkle is the only one that's not a name. Yes, and Fark... Maybe his name is a Farquad. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like the idea that they're naming their kid after the man that tried to steal Fiona. And then they killed him, and then they also destroyed his ghost. <laughs> In the ride. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we've got those three kitties there, and uh, and they're all... There's some trick-or-treaters coming to mm. the swamp, and guess what? Those trick-or-treaters get scared Shrekless by yes. those little kids. They do not receive a treat. They Instead, receive a trick. Yes. 
And these babies are turning tricks left, right, and center, <laughs> scaring everyone in this Halloween. And Is that so, what turning tricks means? No. Okay. Uh, but um, but it can in this context. Okay. I think I'll allow it. So then, uh, don't, uh, the whole Shrek family, they all go, let's go inside. We've done enough scaring today. Let's go inside. Hang on a second. Something is not right. The front door is open. Who would rob an ogre's house? Let's open the door and have a look. No one in there. All of a sudden, surprise, everyone jumps Donkey. out. Puss in boots. Um, we got the... Big bad wolf. Big bad wolf. We've got the little piggos. And of course, we've got... Not one, not two, but three blind mice. And Gingy! And Gingy's there. My favourite... They're all dressed up as different Halloween characters and they're trying to scare the ogres. My favourite gag is that Pinocchio has wrapped one of his own strings Mm. around his neck and has hung himself from... from the ceiling I think kids are just Because kids If they're watching this It's Halloween time yep. They're just used to seeing You know Skeletons being hung up on trees yep. They're not going to be going Pinocchio He's one of the more depressed characters In this universe <laughs> It's not foreboding Or anything like that They're just like Hey it's like a skeleton Yeah but I On the other hand As an adult mm. Who Has a deep respect For mental health Yes I have a look at that And I think he's calling out for help He's showing warning signs if you're joking about suicide, then there's, you know, all I can say is talk to someone. Yeah. Talk to the piggies. I mean, they're there to listen. They are there to listen. Yeah. Or go to the bar, talk to the ugly stepsister. Who is a journalist who probably <laughs> understands people really well, probably an empath. Yeah, probably. Are you an empath, by the way? I totally am. That's how I could tell. Yeah. I was like, the ugly stepsister, she's had a tough life. She can definitely have those deep feelings and truly understand any of the creatures from the far, far away universe. <laughs> and once we get a look at these characters and they're all dressed up in mm. costumes, you know, like uh, Puss in Boots is a Dracula. Mm. Uh, the pigs are all freaky clowns. The mice are kind of coloured to look like skeletons. Yeah. I got to say, at this point, I have to acknowledge this is the best looking thing that I've ever seen in the Shrekiverse. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's playing with that tone that works so well here. And I think what it, the secret to it is, is that unlike the Christmas special, where we thought, oh, this should just totally be in line with what Shrek is all about. Mm. It didn't quite land all the way. Whereas I think because we have just come off watching the Shrek 4D Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Shrektacular, excuse me. <laughs> this... Uh, we that we saw some of the darker elements to the Shrek universe, and in Shrek the Third, we saw some of the you know darker, more Empire Strikes Backy elements to the Shrek universe. Now this is fully gone in, and it's using all of those, and then re- bringing recalling a lot of the Shrek history. Yeah, we're going back to the Dulock Castle for the first time, which I think is fascinating. But also, it works because Mike finally gets it. They finally get how to use Mike in this film. I think you're right. I think they've finally found a place where Shrek gets to be a bit of a mischievous Mm. imp. And it turns out that his comfort zone is making other people's lives hell. And guess what? It's a blast this time around. Yes, because Shrek loves Halloween. Yeah. And it makes sense for Shrek to love Halloween because he freaks people out. It looks like he's wearing a melted honey Halloween mask all year. (laughs) And for him to be relishing in that and enjoying something and having that impish delight once more that we know Mike Myers is really capable of doing. It's his sweet spot. Shrek sings for the first time yeah. as a character, not him singing. I think he's sung in the Far, Far Away Idol for the first time. <laughs> but, uh... Well, I got to say, and this is, this is maybe a little bit controversial, but mm. I'm going to say it. When you get scared... You feel an endorphin rush that comes into your heart. Your heart starts to race. Your blood courses through your veins. Often a byproduct of that is... Yes! Horniness! Yes! This is the first Shrek movie that made me feel... A little turgid down there. Yeah, a little bit... Fergus down yes. there, Ferguson. <laughs> I think uh, it definitely, this one kind of did get me worked up because uh, there were moments where I truly felt a little scared, that tinge of fear. Yeah. Because it uses all those elements so well. And also, 
finally, Shrek and Fiona seem to have a good relationship. They seem cool. They're happy with the kids. Mm. They're having like fun Donkey, with their friends. Like Donkey, Shrek has flourished in fatherhood. He's become the ogre he always could have become. Honestly. I feel I feel great about him as a dad. I feel great about Mike right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but back on the visual elements of this film, why do you think it is that it's taken them three feature films, or by this point, four feature films and several spin-offs to finally nail the the look of this world because is it just because it's it's playing with different colors than we're used to seeing because this is mm. mostly set at night and we've got yeah. lots of gothic elements coming through the characters are mainly, mainly lit by candlelight mm. so it kind of looks dynamic why do you think it's taken them so long to finally figure out what this world should look like i think it's because the shrek films rather than playing on the direct kind of spookiness of the of fairy tales and the mm. darker outside of fairy tales it plays more even more like i'm even talking about the disney elements of it it played mm. like the the disney films have so many dark elements like the creepy villains and all that kind of stuff like maleficent mm-hmm. all of those types of things mm-hmm. uh from sleeping beauty they the shrek ones for the most part relish in the daytime more like the swashbuckling pictures of the sure. 1930s like and the 40s. Robin Hood films yeah or... the adventures of Robin Hood and even stuff like Princess Bride that mm-hmm. harkens back to all of that as well and I think Shrek takes its visual aesthetic from those movies a lot like kind of brightish colors but also quite uh, grounded in not realism but grounded in a Hollywood style of yesteryear where everything kind of looks like sets mm-hmm. and I think when they're taking it back into the darkness into nighttime it allows it to come a little bit more alive and that the kind of phoniness of them all can be hidden and elevated into a more a more playful magical okay, realm so it's stylized more yes. for the first time rather than trying to look like a sort of faux reality mm. now that it's embracing that this is a cartoon world in a exactly. way. Exactly. And there's very few real people in this. Like we see Geppetto. We see the Muffin Man. Yes. Now just quickly, and I want to plant a little seed here. Yes. Um, okay. Funny you should mention the that this reminds you of the Disney universe mm. because we do have a fun fact oh, yeah. that relates to Disney that maybe we'll discuss a little bit later on. Mm, but first I think, so. I think I would like to get into the storytelling of this mm. and the world building. So it does take a little... Uh, it does take from the similar kind of structure of the Shrek Christmas special, mm-hmm. Shrek the Halls, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where it tells three different stories. What are those stories, Cameron? The stories in this one are Bride of Gingy. Which is Gingerbread Man telling a horror story. Sort of a Hammer Horror style uh, Bride or, of Frankenstein. Or even classic uh, Universal horror Monster movie. Sure. Uh, we have Boots Motel, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a Bates Motel psycho slasher type parody. Yep. And The Shrexicist. Which, great title, first by of the all, way. Great title. Yeah. Second of all, great story. Mm. But the, the way we get into it, similar to Shrek the Halls, is... Uh, they're all telling ghost stories mm. in, as you mentioned earlier, Lord Farquaad, the deceased Lord Farquaad. Tragically, we did lose Lord Farquaad. Unfortunately, Lord Farquaad was swallowed up whole by a dragon. Yeah, and then his ghost was, I believe, swallowed up whole again by a dragon. By a ghost dragon or some kind of thing. Yeah, um, but tragically, we did lose Lord Farquaad. And that stinks, man, because <sighs> he as we find out in this, was actually a very important figure to the people of Duloc. Because mm-hmm. that was the last time we saw Duloc. The it wonderful the fairy tale Shrek. town where Lord Farquaad was the Lord Mayor of. Welcome to Duloc. It's a perfect town. That, was, what their, sing that along. was their slogan. Yes. And as you recall from the first one, there's that little box that kind of has a lot of singing mm. mannequins that tell you the story of Duloc and it's very cute and... Then afterwards, you get a photo yeah. of your face watching it, and Donkey says, "Let's do that again." Remember, and he that? loves it. He, he loves it. Loves it. Donkey Don- came alive. It Don- gave him life. Donkey's eyes sparkled mm. when he watched that, and then he really wanted to do it again and this time around. This time around, things we take a turn for the upsetting. We return to Dulock post Lord Farquaad's death. It is literally. A ghost town. Yes. There's no one there. Cobwebs galore. 
It is shrouded in darkness. In fact, the whole town gate is locked. It's locked. Uh, some, uh, all the photos that previously were of Lord Farquaad's face are now the photos of a skeleton face mm. with that classic Can I just haircut. call you out on something there? Mm-hmm. You said skeleton face. Mm-hmm. You ever heard the word skull before? What's that? Now, it's... I've heard it whenever I'm holding a beer. Yeah. Often someone... <laughs> Will chant that word at me. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there another meaning? Well, skull is your head bone. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's connected to my... Neck bone. Okay, which is connected to my... Chest bone. I think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so a skull, if yeah. you will. There's skulls all over this place. They find that famous Duloc box. Mm. They press play on it. The mannequins come to life and sing the story of Duloc again. But this time... A little bit different. A mm, little bit spooky icky dicky. Welcome to Duloc. It's a creepy town, mm. is what they sing. And the, all the lyrics have been changed to reflect a more Burton-esque yes. manner. Creepy and spooky and ooky. And they're saying stuff like, we're going to kill you. Yeah, and all their eyes pop out. Mm. And they kind of look a little bit like skeleton heads. They start hacking each other up. Some get set on fire. It still s- takes a photo of you, but the photo now, instead of saying, welcome to Duloc, says, get out mm. with an exclamation point. And this time, Shrek is the one who says, let's do that again. Yes. It's a wonderful callback to the first we're one. We're seeing Shrek in his element. He's having a blast. He is. He's having a Shrektacular time. And Donkey's freaked out this yes. time. Now, I have a question about that. Is that box do you think with all the little mannequins in it is it sort of like charmed or i would say so or did someone have to go back in and reprogram it to be like all right it's a ghost town now let's we got to reflect the yeah. lyrics <laughs> we're gonna change <laughs> we're gonna, the lyrics we're gonna to make this a little more appropriate because <laughs> they're singing about how great this place is this place stinks now this place is no good all the shops are boarded up um maybe we'll just rewrite the lyrics a little bit and we'll just mm. make it a little bit creepier well i think the shrek world is a world of magic mm-hmm. and it just happened <laughs> okay yeah that was my favorite moment that was the moment where i thought okay this is good world building yeah. in the shrek universe we're revisiting an old location time has changed i can't help but get a bit emotional when i'm watching that it's like mm. when you're watching the back to the future franchise and you see the town square yeah uh change throughout the generations i'm watching this town square i'm recognizing things mm. it's different now we have to acknowledge that we are aging. Yeah. We're in a more fucked up world. Yeah, this is a this is Trump's far, far away. Yeah, this well, Farquaad probably is more Trump esque, so Yeah, that's true. This is just a hellscape. This is just a This uh, is Hellboys. <laughs> this is Beetlejuice's Dulocks. <gasps> okay, what? you've said it twice now. Oh no. <laughs> Don't oh, say it any more times or, no. or he will appear. Oh, okay. no. Not he who shall not be named <laughs> thrice. <laughs> All right. So, I like it. We're, what, we're seeing the photo. It says, mm. get out. Shrek's excited. The little cookie boy shit sprinkles everywhere. Great. <laughs> great visual gag. Then they enter Duloc Castle mm-hmm. and they begin to tell their stories. And we begin with, uh, we begin with cookie boy's... Please, call him Gingy. I can't. I can't ever call him Gingy. Why? There's something gross about... Is it because you're Gingy? Is that why it's rubbed into you forever? I'm strawberry blonde. (laughs) That is Gingy. I'm Auburn. (laughs) Well, I'd say... Okay. I'm a natural autumn. (laughs) Yeah, autumn. Okay. Everyone knows that about me. You're Um, really sweating it up right now, mate. I'm freaking out. I can't deal with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Embrace it. I can't. I can't. I'm just forever going to be that guy who, when people go, what colour is your hair? I go, it's brownish with a tinge, <laughs> a, just a tinge of autumn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's odd. I can't say gingy because I feel weird when words like that get abbreviated into like kitty forms. Mm. You know, like gingy. It feels like ugh, mm. just something a little creep would say. So I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to stick to Cookie Boy. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm a little creep. That's <laughs> true. It's official. So yeah, the Bride of Gingy story. That's a yeah, like you said, a universal sort mm. of Frankenstein. What did you think of this story? It was fantastic. It brought yeah. me right into it. I love the Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. I uh, now have your a- what do you? What's your favorite Universal monster in the? UMCU. The new UMCU? Well, yeah. it's got to be the mummy, baby, because it's the only one, I think. <laughs> also, Russell Crowe. Yeah. 
He's Dr. Uh, Jekyll, Jekyll, I believe. And he may even be Mr. Hyde. <laughs> yeah. If you Okay, if you think that they were rebooting the... Which they are. They're mm. rebooting the UMCU. Yes. It's get Shrek exciting. in there. Do you think they should get Shrek in there? <laughs> get him in there. <laughs> I want to see a real-life Shrek. He could be far the scariest of all the monsters. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a real-life Shrek who just talks to you like he's a normal bloke having a laugh, like, ah, sorry, I scared you, you know? And then you're like, oh, my God, you're a green monster with Windle tubies. I'm scared Shrekless right now. Yes, I've left the room. Yeah, I'm, I'm no longer with Shrek. <laughs> so this is kind of a parody of Frankenstein, and it's pretty funny. I always think this is the second little um, cookie boy short. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That we've seen. And both of them are he's, so tragic. He's twisted. Yeah, he's a twisted little freak. He, the last one in the Shrek the Halls, mm. he, it's a slasher film. Where uh, his girlfriend gets eaten in front of him. Mm, which is quite sad. Jinji has a tragic life. is not as horny as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a cuckold situation, okay? That's what we're saying. Yeah, it was, there's no cucking in the shrek verse that we're aware of. Yes, there is tinges of it. There sure. is hints at cuckery, but unfortunately <laughs> we never see a full cuckening. But uh, this time, Gingy arrives at the at Drury Lane, mm-hmm. the home of the Muffin Man. Mm-hmm. He's creator from whence he came, perhaps the it's Victor a, Frankenstein it's a dark of the Shrek night. universe. There's a banging on the door. Muffin Man opens the door. Cookie Boy staying there, soaking mm-hmm. wet. He says, my girlfriend kicked me out. So he has moved on, perhaps. Or this could have been an earlier story where he Maybe and the girlfriend were girlfriend. still together. I get a feeling that Cookie Man... Um, he's a player. I he, get that yeah, feeling, too. He's a root rat, yeah. for sure. Much like Puss in Boots, who as has been He's a root cat. He's a root cat. Yeah. And uh, it's the a little bit The weird thing about the Shrek universe is everyone fucks. Yeah. Like, that's a weird thing for a kid's franchise. Everyone fucks in this universe. Everyone fucks and some people cuck. But you got to fuck the cuck. That. It yeah. is hinted at that. <laughs> okay, so he comes to the Muffin Man. He says, I need a new girlfriend. Can you make me a new girlfriend? Mm. And it's very, as you mentioned, Victor Frankenstein-esque. Mm. Uh, You've got the electricity beaming through everything. Yep. I, uh, you see Muffin Man become a mad scientist, which I yep. love that. He fires up the oven. He's mixing uh, all the dough. He's mm. putting in too much sugar, yeah. which might send the cookie a little mad. <coughs> he shows different cookie cutters to Cookie Boy. Mm. Like, what shape do you want your girl to be? There's a few. There's yeah. one that's... There's one that's quite. Um, There's uh, he. It's basically he shows the cookie cutters. One is like uh, the birth of Venus. Yep, one, one is like what's that statue with uh, the no arms? Demilo, Venus Demilo. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then one is the Kappa logo. Yeah, it's that silhouette of a woman sitting down, her legs uh, pointing forward. Mm-hmm. And um, which I might say, yeah, one of the first things that ever made me horny was a. Was really? a, a neon sign at the Oxford Tavern in Petersham in Sydney oh, yeah. had that, and I saw it, and I was like, "My God, whatever that is, me likey." Okay, <laughs> so this is an exclusive. I yeah, think. This is I think the first so. time you've ever discussed the first thing that made you horny. Yes, I was but a wee man with a, with you a wee full man. hairy chest. <laughs> You were in the jackass. Yeah, uh, it actually is Jason crew. Acuna, Wee Man's birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> As the day that we are recording this, I will go on the record. I know for a fact it is Jason Acuna, <laughs> Wee Man from Jackass's birthday. <laughs> and if you want to find out what day we recorded this, look it up. It is accurate. Happy birthday, Jason. We're just going to say, Wee Man, we wish you a big birthday. <laughs> I hope that fat cunt jumps out of a cake and chases you down the street. Preston, come on, do it. (laughs) Maybe the Muffin Man can make you a cake big enough. 
Yes, I'm reading you. <laughs> wow, this is a total roast. Mm, yes, darling, you've been roasted and baked. Oh, wow. Well, happy birthday, Jason Acuna, a.k.a. the Wee Man. Yes, he's born in Italy. <laughs> he's from the old country? Yeah, the old country. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, well, anyway, the the Cookie Boy doesn't choose the Kappa logo, which famously is the first thing that made you horny. Yes, exactly. And I will go back on the record and state again that the first thing that made me horny is clear the goldfish from Pinocchio, <laughs> which may make a little cameo appearance later on in this uh, in this sketch Shrek list. Okay, so uh, he chooses a cookie, a classic cookie cutter mm-hmm. that has female hair. They make the cookie. Yes. He, he fits into it. He says that she's a perfect shape. Yeah. <clears throat> they uh, they bake the cookie for him. It comes out of the oven. It, it looks amazing. She it's looks perfect. sickening. Um, cookie Boy says to the Muffin Man, hey, take a hike. And the Muffin Man says, oh, <laughs> he knows what's up. Yeah, shit is about to go it's down. It's very much implied that the mm. cookie is about to root this cookie yeah. woman. She comes alive. Much like Frankenstein, sits bolt upright. Mm. Emphasis on the bolts. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> She's is, played by Kristen Schaal. She's played by Kristen Schaal. We're sure comes, we didn't look it up. We're just sure of I'm it. I'm just certain it is. Yeah. As soon as I heard those tones, I went, that's Kristen Schaal's voice. And a little bit of a spoiler alert. When you know Kristen Schaal is playing a character, you can assume that this character ain't going to be right. Yeah, she might be a little bit psycho. Yeah, which is Which exactly... I am planting a seed for a later segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is exactly what happens. She's, she's a new girlfriend for the cookie, but she is also a little bit too clingy. And mm. this is where I think the story started to make me squeam a little mm. bit. Because... It's sending a message to the kids out there that women are clinging and smothering and men just want to be left alone in yeah. their man caves. And can we just say, no man is an island. No. Even the cookie man. He should be out there having fun with his friends, but he pushes everyone away at times. Yeah, he should just he should just embrace that he's got a girlfriend who loves yes. him and wants to be with him now, I reckon. Exactly, because he's been kicked out by her, so he's probably caused a muck. Yeah. And now he's trying to move on straight away with the fake woman. Hmm. And then she's not to his liking, so he's too picky. I mean, this guy is a real fuckboy. I don't like him at the moment, but no. I do like this story. I do like the story. He, uh, it becomes sort of a... She becomes sort of a Frankenstein's monster mm. type. She's stalking him everywhere. She's very aggressive. Mm. I mean, he murders her in this. Yeah, he throws her into... A, a mixer. A mixer, and then into an oven. And then, unfortunately... She does get mixed up with a new batch of dough mm. and makes multiple versions of herself. Yeah, so it's kind of like a horde of zombies. Yes, and they all come for the cookie man and then they eat him alive. And when, then we cut straight back into the world of Shrek. But can I just in, say quickly yes. that this is not the first time Gingy has had a very traumatic experience. Mm. Obviously, we have the slasher yep. story from Shrek the Halls. Um, we have Gingy witnessing the drowning of his mm. giant version of his himself, brother. his brother. I mean, how much more trauma do they want to put this guy through? He had yeah. his legs snapped off in the first one. That's true. He's a veteran. Yeah, he's a he's a vet. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do to this character next? I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I do. No but wonder he can't form emotional connections with people. He's, he's been, been through, through a lot of shit. Hell. Yes. And he's lived through it. Yeah, every single time. And I think we should, even though we are criticizing Gingy, his personality, we should cheer him on for being a survivor. Yeah, absolutely. We can't we can't be negative about these sorts of people because they've been through a lot. They suffer from PTSD and, you know, sure, he might not be able to be committed to one mm. woman, but at the end of the day, you just have to help him through it if and you love him. By the way, PTSD the D does stand for dough. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is where I think thing, I think things become quite interesting is we come back to the world of Shrek mm-hmm. uh, where we are now uh, witnessing Gingy telling the story again. And I think this is where it becomes interesting because it plays with perspective. Because mm-hmm. obviously Gingy's still alive. He didn't get eaten by her. Yep. It's him trying to oversell or going beyond the bounds of truth to tell this story mm-hmm. because it's about who can scare the, mo- the person the most shrecklessly. And 
he he tried too hard and then it doesn't work because everyone can tell that story is fake. And I think perspective works along in all of these stories. Because the next time we go to the Boots Motel, Mm -hmm. uh, it's told by... Uh, Donkey and Puss in Boots who famously can't get their story straight together it keeps changing it keeps warping they're a great double act because they have a sort of one-upmanship that is naturally built into them they both want to be Shrek's sidekick they both want to be the crazy talking animal character so they're one-upping each other the whole way through this story that they're telling yeah it starts with, I believe, Donkey telling it, but then Puss in Boots jumps in and starts changing details. It's very meta. Mm. I think it's very funny, too, the way that elements keep appearing and disappearing mm. on screen based on who's telling the story. There's a scene where Puss in Boots is like, and then I'm all tucked in bed. Then Donkey comes in through a door on the roof and says, yes, but you're in a dream. It's all upside down. And then mm. it, the perspective all changes on it. And I think um, it... It, the, the reason is it, it does it is quite meta it's mm. about storytelling it's mm-hmm. about friendships it's about scaring one another and I think that's why it's such a cool little Shrek piece yeah I think it's my favourite Shrek piece yet because it's uh, it reminds me of and I know this is a class anytime anyone's talking about absurd cartoons mm. everyone goes to Duckamuck the Looney Tunes yeah. tale but it reminds me of that because they're playing with the form that they're in yeah and the world is cartoony Things like things are crazy in this universe. It's a. It starts off as a psycho parody, and can I just say it's a really funny psycho parody. It's great. Prince Charming is Norman Bates. He's wearing his mother's hair. Yes. And clothes. Uh, there's a whole shower scene where Puss in Boots is in the shower, but he's giving himself a tongue bath instead yeah. of being under running water. And then the you see the silhouette of Prince Charming behind that him. Curtain. The curtain opens, and then you see Puss's ginger fur going down the drain. Very clever. It's great because it's so evocative, that scene. Everyone knows every shot in that sequence and to mimic them, but not just mimicking them, every shot is referenced by a joke and subverting what we expect by it. Yeah. It's, I will say it, it's really clever. It's very clever. It's my favourite thing in the Shrekiverse. I, I really like it. It ends with... I like that it kind of ends at a frantic pace where they're both talking over each other almost mm. sentence for sentence and the story keeps changing and more elements keep jumping into it as they try to outdo each other. And it ends with the most surreal image we've seen since... Well, since Shrek being uh, swallowed whole by a wave of babies mm. in Shrek the Turd. Um, it ends with... Donkey being eaten by a giant waffle, mm. and then um, the waffle spits him out, and uh, a big spray bottle appears and starts spraying the cat, and then we cut back to reality, and it's Pinocchio spraying the cat mm. with a spray bottle. I mean, it's a, it's crazy mm. the way that it builds. I loved it. It's fantastic. And I also think that's a great gag to end on with the only thing that scares Puss in Boots is a spray bottle. Yeah. That's a good gag. It's great. And you love Puss in Boots. I love Puss in Boots. I love seeing him get wet. Yeah. Um, and you find it interesting to find out one of his fears, almost as if you would use it against him. I don't know if I'm... I mean, well, sometimes in relationships, you have to push each other's boundaries. Mm. And sure, were I <laughs> <laughs> to be in a relationship with Puss in Boots, maybe we would introduce a small water pistol mm. to the equation a little water sports <laughs> sure a little wet work yes wow. let's move on to the final piece so this is now Shrek's turn to weave a tale mm-hmm. of horror and the story he tells is the Shrexesis yes mama one of the scariest stories of all time absolutely is- William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist. Very good choice. As adapted by William Friedkin into the movie back in 1974, I believe. (laughs) Maybe three. I think this is the perfect story for Shrek and maybe because it's the perfect pun. Mm. Maybe they came up with that title first. Yeah, and it makes sense. Shrek is playing a babysitter. He's babysitting. He knocks on a door. It's uh, Geppetto opens. We realise we're at Pinocchio's house. Dwelling, because he is Geppetto's son. Um, We come inside. We see the cat, Figaro, who is just eating. Mm. He's finishing up the final gulp of a goldfish. Could it be Cleo the goldfish? 
my one true love. Mm. Cameron yes. may have wished he was the one taking a bite out of her and gulping it up. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I got so sucked into this Shrek's story. So Shrek is the babysitter. He's here to look after Pinocchio. He goes up the stairs and we can hear spooky noises already mm. coming, like babbling coming from inside Pinocchio's room. We get inside. Yes, it's true. Pinocchio is the uh, is the one who has apparently been possessed. Yeah. And what a perfect choice. I think so. It's very clever the way they do it as well. Yeah, of course. The, the guy already, we know he has, his limbs do not respect the laws of physics. Yeah. They can move around. His head can twist on an axis. And the fact that he's a puppet with strings, it mm-hmm. can also... It, 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 it allows for us to go, well, someone's controlling him. It's got a million sight gags yeah. in this, and they all are direct parodies of The Exorcist, but they play into the fact mm. that he's a puppet. It's great. Like, when he starts hovering above the bed, you realise that it's just strings that are pulling yeah. him up. Um, when his head spins around, it can do that because he's a puppet. And we've seen him do it before. Yeah, we've seen him do it heaps of times. The only thing that doesn't play is the fact that he vomits all over Shrek. Mm. I, that didn't really make any sense to me because so far I've never seen Pinocchio ingest anything. Yeah, I'm not sure. He does a lot of things in jest, but <laughs> I don't know if that counts. I don't think he has a digestive system. Um, he- Maybe when he's a real boy, but he is not at the moment. And I think what really sells this whole segment is the use of the Exorcist music because that's just creepy music. The yep. Psycho stuff is undeniably iconic, that sa- that score, and it is mm-hmm. parodied there. But this one uses the Exorcist theme, which is iconic, but not super iconic. You don't know it straight away, but it just gives you that unsettling feeling. It's all just forcing you to go ahead and forward with it. It's good filmmaking. It's great. I often, I wondered if they actually just had access to the scores or if mm. they did sound alike type things. Yeah, I, that I really just felt it was, but I'm not sure. It's really impressive. Mm. I think it's really good attention to detail for this story. My favourite gag in this is that Pinocchio keeps talking about the voices in his head mm. that are telling him to do things. And then when Shrek finally exercises him by throwing him out the window, um, a little cricket falls out of Pinocchio's ear. And I mean, that's like, I didn't even, my brain didn't even go there. I know it's so obvious that the voice in his head was Jiminy Cricket being his conscious. His conscious. But I I didn't anticipate it. And I actually, I lolled. Yeah. Because it's brilliant. We haven't they haven't used that gag at all in this franchise. Yeah, and to use it in a metatextual way to create horror, mm-hmm. brilliant. And kids would know that reference as well. I think so. I I think it's something for us more than for kids. But either way, it works. Yeah. And the you know the cricket goes, "I'm your conscience. I'm Jiminy." And then Pinocchio squishes him. Mm. Great ending to Great. a story. Squish it. Squish that little crick. And Shrek does win the competition. We get back. He, uh, everyone is scared, but then beyond that, Fiona starts using her little voice from somewhere in the distance to create a ghostly effect. A knight, a knight's armor comes to attack, but it is actually the Shreklets, uh, all, you know, in the suits, spooking it out. Very cool. Shrek wins. He's the one who scares everyone Shrekless. And then he gets to enjoy the rest of his Halloween by playing tricks on all the locals of yeah. far, far away. It's a nice story. And i got to say, it's the it's further proof for me that the Shrek movies should have just been a television series mm. rather than a series of movies. Yeah, I, I think them being able to actually uh, tell and subvert individual small fairy tale-esque stories works really well because mm-hmm. it just makes it an actual parody rather than this kind of weird uh, parody on t- fairy tale tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the by- more specific it is, the more successful it mm. is, I think. Especially for kids, I can imagine, because they just like they actually are getting the references yeah. to these things because it is the stories that they know. It's fun for them. Yeah. And it should be fun for kids. It's, it's mo- Shrek, after all. This is the most enjoyable Shrek thing I've seen. Mm. And we planted this seed earlier. You mentioned that this had a sort of Disney tone to mm. it. I've um I've looked up the director, Gary Truesdale. Yeah. And I'll I'll just read out a few of his previous credits for you. All right. So this he directed this Scared Shrekless segment. Yeah, he also directed the last the Shrek the Halls. Uh Shrek the Halls is also a Gary Truesdale joint. 
Um, this is the first line of his Wikipedia page, right? Gary Truesdale is an American film director mm-hmm. known for directing movies such as Beauty and the Beast, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, this guy is... That's Disney royalty right there. When you told me this moments before we started recording, I freaked the heck out. I mean, this is a true... This is great. A great animation This is one of the greats. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yeah, wow. It was the first animated film to do so, to be nominated for Best Picture. That was his uh, directorial debut, by the way. That's... I can't comprehend that. And then Hunchback of Notre Dame is such a dark and gorgeous Disney film. And Atlantis is one of the most visually interesting Disney films. It's uh, art designed by Mike Mignola, who created Hellboy. Hmm. Uh, so it's got a very uh, Mignola style to it all. It's fantastic. Well, his um, Gary's uh, credits are fucking insane. I mean, he's been on board some of the, some of the best stuff at Disney. Mm. He was... Um, Got his start on the Black Cauldron as a in-between effects artist. Yeah. Then his next big credit is storyboard artist for The Little Mermaid. Wow, wow. And then the next year, same credit for The Rescuers Down Under, Prince and the Pauper. And then in 1991, he made his d- directorial debut with Beauty and the Beast, wow. which is insane, right? Uh, okay, next one, pre-production story development for Aladdin. That's huge. Yep. The Lion King, story by credit. Hunchback of Notre Dame, director. Atlantis director, and then he jumped ship to DreamWorks. Mm. Okay, so this is two thousand. After two thousand and one, he jumps ship to DreamWorks. He's got an Academy Award nominated film under yeah. his belt, plus two more of the kind of great Disney Renaissance films yeah. on his credits list or post Renaissance. Okay, era, yeah. Jumps over to <sighs> DreamWorks. What do they give him? Storyboard artist job on Madagascar. Maybe he's more. Maybe he's gone higher up the chain and is more in administerial. Because I find that so strange to mm-hmm. be from. Because I know Atlantis was not a big hit. Atlantis was not a big hit, but like, but Beauty and the Beast was, and Hunchback was, and to have story credits on Aladdin and The Lion King, mm. that's giant. And then to go straight from that to being an additional storyboard artist for Madagascar, what happened? His next credit after that is director on the Madagascar uh, Penguins Christmas Caper. Additional story artist on Flushed Away. And then he gets given these Shrek the Halls uh, and scared Shrekless things. And not much else after that. I mean, I want to know what happened to Gary. Yeah. It feels like a a really bizarre step to go from directing these big Disney movies to storyboard artist credits i'm fascinated by this because this is brilliant it's really great we see the brilliance that he exhibits in those fantastic disney films he directed so this is my shout out to anyone at dreamworks who might be listening yeah and i'm sure you are i'm sure of it give gary a chance and let maybe i know i maybe it's too private and they don't we shouldn't know what happens or but I'd love to see him tackle Shrek 5. Yeah, I don't want to know what happened with Gary and you, but I, all i got to say is after watching this, Scared Shrekless, it's the best thing in the Shrekiverse. Maybe the best-looking DreamWorks mm. uh, design and story that I've ever seen. Give Gary the reins. Yeah. Give him Shrek 5, or better yet, let him take on his own franchise. Let him do whatever he wants. He's great. I, ay, ay, the guy ay, did Beauty ay, and the ay, Beast, ay. for God's sake. I know. Emphasis on the beauty. Wonderful movie. Well, Gary, thank you for giving us this. Finally, it's taken this long for us to enjoy something in the Shrek mm. universe. And thank you so much, Gary. Yeah, we're checking it. This is great. I'm checking it. It's Gary. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I had a blast with this one. Yes. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on My Check. Did you, know you forget the name of the show? I did forget what we were doing here. But thank you for joining us on the show. Um, I hope this episode made you a little bit horny. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to hang out with us on Sunday at 3pm at the Chipper Hotel... Uh, the 21st of May, that is this Sunday, we will be recording our live episode all about the Love Guru. 
I'm so excited for it. It is basically sold out. I think there's only three tickets left mm-hmm. on the try booking. So get in while you can. But we probably will open up a few more on the door yeah. for standing room. So if you miss out, just come on down anyway. Come on down. We'll do some standing room tickets up the back and uh, you can hang out with us. We've got an insane lineup. We are, we've already announced that Ben Russell will be joining us on the panel. Uh, we have two more guests that we have so far not announced. I'm going to announce one of them right here, mm. right now. A returning hero of my check. One of our earliest and greatest champions mm. on this show. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to announce that we will be joined by none other than Will Anderson for this live show. Mm. So, so far, you know, you've got Ben Russell and Will Anderson, and we're going to be talking the love guru. I will announce our third guest on Sunday. Yeah. So stay tuned on our Facebook feed, uh, Twitter, all of that kind of stuff. We're at Mike Check Pod on Twitter. You can t- talk to Cameron on Twitter at I am Cameron James, and you can talk to Alexi on Twitter at This is Alexi. And we want to talk to you guys about about goddamn movies and Mike. And I so far have watched The Love Guru three times. <laughs> I've done it. Uh, Cameron has yet to watch I it. Still haven't. He's dared. probably going to watch it tonight. I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm been too scared. I nearly put it on, but I, I freaked out. I'm sorry. I freaked out and just watched it, Austin it Powers It was again. a big... Yes, I did. I've done similar things. <laughs> but it is, uh, it is a very personal experience. And we will not be watching it on the Sunday. Mm-mm. We're uh, just going to be talking about it. Yes. So, guys, get a copy of The Love Guru. Watch it and then come and chat with us about it. It'll be really fun. I can't wait for Ben and Will to talk about it. I really want to hear their opinions. And our third mystery guest as well. Guys, I'm so excited. So please keep on listening to Mike Check. If you're loving what you're hearing, swing on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Mm-hmm. And why not give us the name of another celebrity that you'd like to hear a super-specific spin-off podcast about? And maybe we'll even do an episode. Mm. Perhaps an episode that Dog 27 has suggested, which is, please do a pod looking at the film Just Go With It. And Adam Sandler's relationship with the kids in it, called the Sandler Lot Kids. <laughs> Thanks, Muzz Dog. <laughs> yeah, I think that one sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds insane. All right, that sounds fun. I'm into that. Mm, you've also got your Sydney Comedy Festival run. All right, if you're listening to this podcast as it drops today, I open on the Thursday night. That's tonight. Come on down. Um, you can buy tickets on the door. Otherwise, I'm on Saturday and Sunday as well. Those will likely sell out, so get tickets while you can. You can book your tickets on the Sydney Comedy Festival website. Please come along. I'm excited to do this show for the final three times probably, and I'd love some horny babies to be there. Uh, I've also got Green Lights Comedy Nights on the 26th of May. We've got Ben Russell headlining, of all people. Hey. Uh, I've also got Penny Greenhouse, Seren J. Amana, Daniel Muggleton. I'm emceeing with Nico Malian. It's only 10 bucks. It's at the Gaelic Club in Sydney, just behind Central Station uh, at 8 p.m. And it is the best comedy night in Sydney. And yeah. that is canon. That's true. It actually is really good. Yeah, it's Who really would have thought a cool kid like me could do it? <laughs> well, everyone should have believed in me. But also, this is a call out to horny babies. This week, we did plan to do something else. We did plan to do the 2008 MTV Awards that were hosted by Mike Myers the week before The Love Guru came out, or the month before. And they were available online on YouTube until last week when the current MTV Awards did happen. I planned this out. I thought it was going to be so cool and so current that we were going to do this whole thing. It's still on YouTube, but it has been muted by MTV. I don't know. I tried so many ways of trying to get it unmuted, find another version online. I couldn't find anything. So if you have any way, any leads of getting the 2008 and perhaps the 1997 MTV Awards, that will be a huge help. I would love to do a whole episode about those because Mike Myers hosted both of those. I think it's such an exciting episode idea because it's literally him plugging the love guru for a really long time. <laughs> and it also does feature... Uh, the first reuniting of Wayne and Garth, Mike and Dana, uh, since the 1993 film Wayne's World 2. Well, that's very exciting. So if you've got a way that we can check this this out, please send it to us. We'd love to watch it. We might even do it after we do The Love Guru. Mm. That could be interesting to, to look back, back on yeah. 
how much hope he had. Just all the stuff with the MTV Awards and Mike, I'm really interested in because he also, in 2007, the year before he emceed for the second time, he was given the Generation Award, the third ever Generation Award. Hmm. And I find I to be that close to the, the real kind of mystery of his career where things kind of disappeared, to have been awarded an honour from your entire generation of fans going you are the man you are the best to the very next year him coming back and hosting those very same awards to one month later being critically panned <laughs> is I think the entire ingredients for one of the best most fascinating episodes of Mike Check you could say that it is the dark night of the soul mm. of Mike Myers' career and I would love to delve into it so if you have any way that we can watch it please hit us up on Facebook or Twitter we'd love to check it out Cool. Thank you so much, horny babies. We love you. We hope you got scared shreckless today, as we did. And uh, we'll see you on Sunday if you're coming along. Yeah, and maybe I'll even drink a little pot of Beetlejuice on that night. <gasps> oh, Hello, baby. Oh. It's me, Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, Michael I Keegan. I love chaos. <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.